0: And This is Malby on the spot, your weekly chance. Thanks to Anfield Index Pro to hear the wit and wisdom of Liverpool and Denmark legend Jan Malby as we talk about all things Liverpool Football Club. So let's begin it once again. Good evening, Jan.
2: Good evening, Sarah I just need you to talk to subscribers to what we've been to for the last 15 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's just say, let's just say technology's a bitch and leave it at that <laughs> Cause,
2: oh. cause
0: it wasn't fun man it wasn't fun but look <laughs> we're here we've got there eventually and uh we have no end of stuff to talk about uh we decided we tried this one in video because we had something set up which more of which later we'll come back to it because uh, i want to talk to you about that particular thing that inspired us doing the video in the first place but we said we might as well stick with it for this one and we'll throw it up on youtube and see what people make of it but man, let's just stick to the usuals because we've got enough to talk about. We've got endless stuff to talk about. I don't, I don't really know a hundred percent where to start because there's so many kind of divisive things going on at the moment. But let's just do what we usually do and start with our most recent outing. Now, it was a bit of a kick in the arse, to say the least. Um, most of us did not see that coming. Um, certainly, you and I, when we spoke about, it, we were very much. Well, confident um, and um, very hopeful about a a positive result, but not just a win, but a a solid win. It did not look like that at all from the minute the game kicked off. Our opposition, uh, our opponents were hungrier, quicker to it, better at it um, every first and second ball. It was a bit of a, a, an object lesson in how to start the season and how not to start the season. What was your take on how that went overall? and Can you explain that, man?
2: Well, I think I was, like every other Liverpool fan, really surprised uh, and, of course, disappointed in the performance. What I couldn't believe, Trevor, was that we played like we did for as long as we did because what was required in the game was a reaction. You know, we didn't start the game well, then we go 1-0 down you think there's going to be a reaction. We equalise 1-1, you think we're going to take over. Then we go 2-1 down. Not really a reaction. That was the one thing that surprised me because you can play a game of football and within 30 minutes, you're 3-0 up and the game is done. And the next hour becomes a bit of a whatever, instant forgettable. But this wasn't one of these games. This was a game that required a response from our team. And I thought it was going to come. Even with 10 minutes ago, we equalised 2-2. I thought, well, here we go. We're going to score 3-2, force them uh, uh, to come out, and then we're going to score again. But that reaction never came. And I generally think, I thought we'd left behind. I thought we left that kind of performance behind us and we weren't capable of playing like that for 90 odd minutes. And that was a big surprise. That was a big surprise. I mean, I haven't joined in all the uh, all the panic and, you know, what is wrong because I also saw the community shield where I thought we looked absolutely different gravy and ready uh, to take on Manchester City. I don't buy into the... You know, six players and starting 11:30 or old. I don't buy into that either. Uh, but of course, the only thing that can that can put a lid on is performances.
0: Yeah. Now, more of which later, because some of the performances are really at the heart of most of the discussion that's been going on, as far as I can see. And I don't really want us to be a place where where stuff that's been done to death is rehashed. What I do want to do though is get your take on. What you think the factors might be there? Because obviously the manager himself was a little bit taken aback. You could, you could tell by the way he spoke. Um, I don't think he was defensive at all. I think he really took it on the chin well and he was very honest about how it wasn't good enough. Um, but I'm still kind of at a loss to work out how does something like that happen? How can we be so off it, so far off the pace that the, in that first half that it really did look as if the newcomers to the division were us and the old stagers who were up for the fight and had a title to win were um, Fulham. Can you pull it down to the thing we spoke about last week and the week before, which is just simply the idea that we mightn't have our match legs yet. We're still very much bedding in. This is still the extended preseason. Can we lean into that a little bit as a comfort and hope that it'll click in the next one?
2: Well, we we spoke about that mid-July. Trevor, because that's what we need with yeah. mid-July. And, and, and then you see the community seal and then you go, do you know what? We're there. Uh, or maybe we have to go back to what Klopp said surrounding the first couple of pre-season games where he spoke about how difficult it was going to be for the first few weeks. But the thing with football, Trevor, is that the future of football, if you want to call it like that, you, you can't, you, you can't predict the performance that is coming because Klopp would have been a hundred percent comfortable. I, will, I was at the game. You, you're there watching them, uh, warm up. There's no alarm bells going off. Uh, the the warm-up is as normal as it always. Is the boys are sharp uh, and, and and they look ready. And then I have to say, as soon as we start, you look and you go. Allison didn't quite look right the first couple of times. Trent had you thought this is not Trent we know. Virgil and Dyke wasn't all of a sudden Virgil. And then expressed like the through the team team is the woods. If only I could explain it, Trevor. And I would think, but I think club would club would have had obviously it's, it's a long week, isn't it? Because we play. Saturday and now Monday, so it's been a long week, isn't it? But I don't think he'll all be concerned. I was criticised during my commentary that I didn't give attention to what Fulham did, but I didn't think it was about Fulham. I thought more was about what we didn't do. And I think Klopp would look at that and go, that performance was about the things we didn't do because we did see little spells, but only short spells, where he couldn't live with us. Uh, there was a couple of uh, moments in the, in the second half, three, four minutes, where he couldn't live with us. So, the, the, there's no doubt though. We're on a different level to them, is it? But well done to them for getting the point or whatever, isn't it? But obviously we've got our own problems going forward, isn't it? Uh, we've got, got a bit of sense in life when the game's coming, hasn't it? But, you know, if, if the way we played against Fulham is anything to go by, then we also got something about banana Skins.
0: <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And we thought we had a comparatively comfortable one to start with. Uh, It's a bit, it it does undermine the confidence a little bit. Now, obviously, you don't throw the toys out of the pram to the extent that um, most people who are on social media will have seen you again are wisely immune to all that shite. But let me just explain to you in a nutshell. Again, we have our two extremes. We have our um, everything is going to be fine, um, trust, believe and all that stuff and the other side burn it all down and in between obviously somewhere is the truth Uh, and most of the fractious discussion over the week has centered on the midfield um, because in that midfield area uh, we didn't look at it at all in the first half and now we have an injury to arguably our best footballer in the form of Thiago Alcantara and, and certainly our most progressive midfielder. And that's a massive, massive issue. Uh, and of course, the knock-on effect from that is if you factor in injuries to a couple of other lads and the comparative durability or lack thereof of the lads who remain, then you have a situation where I think it's very understandable that fans are clamouring for another signing in that area. And we've spoken about it. Uh, and of course, we know that there's very little point in trying to second guess what is going on behind the scenes because it's delightfully secretive. But Jan, I would imagine this has made people think that if they weren't going to, um, now it must be somewhat of a consideration before the window shuts to try and strengthen there because it feels like that situation where if we don't do it like we didn't with the defender a couple of seasons ago, it seems almost willfully negligent in that kind of way. Now that's my take and some people may hammer me for it. You're the person whose opinion matters here. What are you reckon?
2: Well, I think it's really difficult. Uh, we, we, we obviously had Jürgen Klopp, uh, commenting on the midfield situation in pre-season where he said, we have enough. And what does that mean? Does that mean we have enough numbers or does that mean we have enough quality? You know, and I think that's the one thing that's rare is ugly head hasn't it quality or maybe even lack of quality, you know, and, and, and people will say, people will point you to a team that rightly so has aspiration to win the Premier League and the Champions League. You end up with a midfield, uh, of the likes of James Milner, Harvey Elliott, uh, Jordan Henderson, and then uh, Cavalier, the young boy came on as well, isn't it? And people look at that and compare to some of the others and and think that we're liked. And I tend to agree, but we do have and know that we don't do short-term solutions. You know, everything is long-term, everything is planned, and we're led to believe that the plan is next summer when Borussia Dortmund is prepared to sell the guy that we want because let's not forget last summer they showed Sancho this summer Harlan. Haaland, next summer it will be Bellingham. That, then we're going to do that kind of business. So I'm still to think, Trevor, that a 2-2 result at Fulham won't change our long-term uh, plan. So I think what he will do, it will enable Milner Elliot, who I believe, I've seen all the headlines, I think he signed a new long-term contract, hasn't he? Correct. Uh, and, and the young boy they they will just be given more opportunities. That's the way I read it right now.
0: I think that's the most realistic way of reading it. I think it's um, whether people like it or not, probably the reality. Um, you spoke about Harvey Elliott there. and I'll just pull up the article and just check if I can get the details off the contract here. Lots of nice pictures, lots of nice quotes from Harvey. Um, uh, it, doesn't tell me exactly yet. Hang on now. I'm just trying to see if I can find out the details of it specifically in terms of duration. Maybe Guy has that information, he might pop it into the chat. But you look at a guy like that, um, and I can understand Jan when people say, Well, we don't want to be relying on a kid. You can't rely on a kid to be the change, to be the the um, factor that 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 on, on which our title challenge changes. Um but at the same time, if you have a player and he has ability and he's good enough and he's available, I think almost then the age is almost irrelevant. What do you think about that? Because I know in the era you played um, and, you know, whatever silly little levels I played football at, if you were good enough, you were old enough. And if, Har- if Harvey Elliott has the ability, why not play him? And that's the question. What do you reckon to him being a starter? Do you think he has enough as it stands?
2: Well, I certainly thought that when he came on last Saturday against Fulham that we looked a lot better. Uh, there was more 10 introduced in to the way that we played. We passed the ball quicker. Uh, it also appeared that, that his vision was better than the people who played in the minutes before him. So I'm not overly concerned about Harvey Elliott having to play. It's the midfield that plays with him that has to function for him to be able to function. Because I don't think he's at a level where he goes in and goes, listen, don't worry about it. You know, I'm, I'm here to solve all your problems. I think he's there to help with some of the problems. But I think he needs help. He needs a platform to play from. Uh, and that that's obviously the platform that, you know, Fabinho and Henderson should be able to look after him and he should be able to do stuff. So coming back to it, I'm, I'm not overly concerned. Is that the solution for 67% of our games going forward? Then maybe I'm a little bit worried. Uh, but I keep coming back to Trevor, and, and I know you feel the same, isn't it? If Liverpool, if Klopp feel that we can go with what we got, I think the least we can do on the back of what we've seen over the last six years is to go, we trust you, we believe you. Uh, but the frustrating bit is, Trevor, you waited, we waited for this, haven't we? I think there's so many things you overlook. Is, you know, Trevor, we come back and we can't wait to get going again, but then you overlook that the boys were playing to halfway through June, relatively short, uh, off-season, and then they're going again pre-season and we're having the injuries, but everybody's having the injuries, aren't they? And I do believe that I haven't been at a few Premier League uh, grounds last weekend and speaking to people and they're finding that in a lot of the camps, what the players are talking about is the World Cup. The World Cup already, wow. people, have, people, have, people have returned back and gone, talking about the World Cup, you know, it's as if the, 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 the next big thing that's going to happen in so many footballers' career is the World Cup, isn't mm-hmm. it? And, and for some clubs, I believe it's become a real problem. It's like almost overshadowing the 16 or 17 Premier League games you have to play before that World Cup starts. It's a nightmare, that World Cup, in, 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 in November and December. And it's only going to get worse to them.
0: <laughs> There's no two ways about it. And you know, that's I suppose that's what everybody uh who's being extra cautious or pessimistic is thinking, well look, Tiago's not just gonna have this injury, he'll come back and he'll probably have another one, Nabi Keita will have several injuries and so on and so forth. And have we got people in those areas that are, like I say earlier, on durable enough? And I think that's a very valid point to make. And I think the idea of recruitment is absolutely on the table, and I do think personally that you know, just for for the record, that it's something we should be doing. But look, time will tell. And as you say, the interjection of the World Cup in the middle of the season is just bananas. And to hear that people are actually thinking and talking about that, um, you can see how much of a factor it's going to be. It's going to take people's minds literally off the ball at times. Uh, I heard people talking about injuries and all that kind of stuff and decisions you make in games coming up to the World Cup. So that's just a whole shit show that we can get to uh, later on but when it comes we'll try and enjoy it we'll try and see it for the positive that it is in terms of other takeaways we do have to acknowledge the good things and one of them is that our striker came off the bench and scored an outrageous goal Um, an element of fortune to it I have to say but he was intending to do the thing that he did so we'll give him the bonus points for that and when he did come off the bench, like you said, with Harvey Elliott oh. and with James Milner as well, the dynamic changed. And I think we were very lucky, unlucky, Jan, with the timing of the penalty. A very atypical Virgil van Dijk intervention uh, at a really shitty time, because I think we had the momentum and I think the game is probably going to be ours. In the end, the 2-2 is probably fair enough. But the positives there that to, to lean into, this kid, Nunes, does look the business not just the goal, the movement, the fact that he seems to have defenders in a flap. Uh, and when you think that we, we have that new wild card to introduce and to play to, and you saw Mo Salah come alive in a way that he hadn't been for the entire game when Darwin was on the pitch, that could be very interesting to watch as well. And they uh, assisted in, uh, uh, each other for their goals. That's something that I'm very excited about going forward.
2: I think if you want to know what type of player Darwin Nunez is, what's the second half again? Mm. Darwin Nunez will play better half than what he did at Fulham on Saturday. But he showed us in that 40, well, just less than 45 minutes, everything he's about. He's a near post man, which it's, it's been a while since we've had somebody who's out and out near post, but he's a near post man, isn't we, we, We've seen that already. Uh, we saw three times in the second half. I'm talking about mainly Matip, from the back doing the trying to pass it into Nunez's feet and Nunes already spun and he's gone the passers in the team Thiago and Van Dijk won't have a problem that with that but the likes of that who's just used to a routine when I bring the ball out from the back I play it into Bobby's feet and we go from there and he did that two or three times in the second half and Nunez is already gone he's on his bike isn't he so I'm not concerned about him he has work to do of course he has work to do uh, technically he, 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 he's not perfect at the moment but he's such a handful and I have to be honest Trevor I thought it was a it was a banker that he would come on a half time. Uh, the fact that we waited a little bit surprised me. Uh, also be, because he came out, he was ready. All he had on was a yellow trouble. He's, he's playing, so he was ready to come on this. Day, but we waited a little bit in it. But I doubt we'll be that say, uh, foolish again uh, against uh, Palace. There'll be other times during the season where we're going well and we might be able to rest him. But I think right now you just need his raw power and enthusiasm. Uh, and I can't see there being any other choice, but he starts the game against Palace.
0: Now, again, I want to lean into the positives and and obviously I think we're going to see a lot of that player um, over the course of the season and and we look forward to that. It's one of the few joys that we can almost guarantee ourselves is see the development of that guy uh, under Jurgen Klopp. But alongside him, we have Carvalho to look forward to as well. Like we said, Elliot may or may not get a lot of minutes. I'm very excited by Carvalho as well, yeah. And um, I would like to think he'll get plenty of minutes too, not just in the Cups. I'd like to think he might be someone who could come on and do a job for 15 or 20 minutes for a few matches and see how he goes and maybe get a start eventually. He looks very exciting, um, very positive. And when you factor in, we've got the kid, is it Bacetic as well, who's just signed a contract, who to me just looks like a proper footballer as well. Um you know, I suppose there's plenty of reasons to be positive about the squad going forward. What we're looking for here, if we're being honest, is perfection because we just want to maximise the chances. I've said that a million times. This group needs to win trophies, as many trophies as you guys used to uh, cobble together, you know, every second season at least to win a major trophy. Um, that's what this team needs to be doing under Klopp because we haven't seen anything like it since you guys. Um, do you think we have the makings here now? with the exception perhaps of that midfielder who will or will not come in um, to do that, that we can actually step forward. Because you mentioned, I'd like to go into it via Bobby Firmino. you mentioned um, you know, uh, Darwin coming in and how Joel used to play balls into Bobby's feet. Well, Bobby was almost anonymous in a way that I hadn't seen for ages in that game. I'm wondering, are we actually just seeing what might be a kind of painful evolution as some of the older guys or more regular guys step out and we have that kind of teething process where some new faces are coming in. That could happen, right?
2: I think, I think it has to happen, Trevor. I, I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can keep getting away with making just good decisions in terms of bringing in people and when to let people go. Uh, there also has to be some people that might just outstay the welcome a little bit, uh, and, and we see them, and, and and maybe we lose a little bit of. Of, of that joy we've had at Watson over the years is then possibly Bobby is already starting to fall into that category. I mean, there's plenty of teams where Bobby would stroll into that team and be a player, uh, but we do do things slightly different. And although the way that we play when he's on the pitch is set up to make him look good, but maybe just that little edge has gone off it, hasn't it? Because it's, with a bizarre team in that, we had our best we at 95% above, isn't it? You know, there's other teams. Manchester City can play a 70%. They play a totally different way, isn't it? But we have to be up there, isn't it? And that's the physical thing. Is That's a physical challenge. And maybe that's where Bobby's just feeling. It depends. But I do agree on Saturday, in the first half, you, you couldn't find it for a lot of money. And, and credit to him. He's looking, isn't he? He's dropping deep. He wants to get involved in the game and he's thinking, where can I? And he's also probably read the situation that the midfield is not playing too well. I can drop in there and help them, isn't it? But but unfortunately, he wasn't helping anyone, including isn't it?
0: And that, unfortunately, just happened. And I suppose there's a situation where he may sort of, again, in the way that he has so far, maybe evolve himself and start to see himself as a guy who is a 20-minute player coming off the bench to have an impact um, you know, and doing the things that we associate with him, as opposed to being a regular starter, maybe a starter in less games going forward. Because if we are going to evolve, and if Nunes is going to be able to stay fit and be part of this team, um, it's hard to see where he fits, honestly. Um, I saw one person desperately trying to wedge Bobby into the team uh, as a number eight. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I, I understand player loyalty. I do. I love the guy. He's one of my favorite players of, of this recent era. But I think that might be a stretch and, uh, you know, uh we just maybe just have to accept certain things, certain evolutions. Like I said before, you went through several sides there at Anfield where that was the case. Just things evolve um, and suddenly sometimes a face doesn't fit and that's just how it goes. It doesn't have to be on the back of that one performance. That's not what I'm saying, but it may just be a thing going forward and, you know, I want to talk later on about the games to come up, but just to round up the reflection on the on the start of the season. Again, maybe a little bit uh, over the top, but let's compare and contrast, shall we? The start made by several of the people who would be considered rivals. Um, what did you make of the start made by Chelsea and by City, who are probably the obvious ones who are going to be titled um, rivals? And then at some of the other... Uh, people we can maybe have a, a bit more of a smile on our face when we talk about Manchester United and Everton. But let's have a look at the, the start made by our apparent rivals, at least Chelsea and City, in terms of p- perspective title challengers. What do you think of their beginning to the season?
2: Well, if we, if we start with Chelsea, I still think Chelsea's got some issues. I mean, he obviously insists on playing. He wants to play a three-man uh, a back line, um, two sitting midfield players, and then a, a cross, three ahead, and then a striker. They haven't got a striker, which is, well, they have got strikers, but I don't think there are any strikers that are good enough. So, they're going to have problems and they lack, strangely enough, they lack energy. I mean, when Thomas Tuchel came to, uh, to Chelsea, the energy was, was off the scale, you know. Uh, but they lack a bit of energy. I think they're uncertain about why exactly the manager wants to do it. And so, I'm not convinced, it's a monster game on Sunday. They're playing Spurs at home and you think, certainly a game they can't afford to lose. Uh, but, but Spurs started the season really well. Manchester City did what Manchester City did. They, they they went to West Ham and they managed to take the ball off West Ham and, and keep it away from them. West Ham could never get into any kind of rhythm. And of course, from a Liverpool point of view, the worst thing it can happen is that Haaland scored two goals and everybody goes, here you go. We were talking about the difference between Liverpool and Manchester City. Now he's there. There it is for you. I don't know whether it's as simple as that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot between uh, him and 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 David Nunez at the end of the this 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 season, isn't it? I mean, did we not expect his kids to score goals? Of course we did. Uh, so when he when he scores goals, there's no need to be bowled over and go, "Whoa, this is over," you know, because it's not. Uh, but, but but City just did what they do, isn't it? Uh, you know, and gratitude, isn't it? They're, they're just beyond it. They, they didn't look like they were too much detail, but they were ready for that West Ham game. That's a trickier away game, as I said before. Took the ball away from them, hit the ball from West Ham, and basically just played them off the pitch win. Really. Not greedy in terms of they wanted to win four, or five or six nil, just quite happy to win the game, two nil, be in complete control. Um Spurs, I thought it looked good. Uh and I think they will be good, certainly up to you when the World Cup starts, isn't it? But in terms of are they as good as Liverpool or Manchester City? No, I can't see that. Uh Arsenal did okay, tricky away game, uh and uh and of course we have our friends from uh from Manchester.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. You know what, we should we should take a second to, to, to look at them and we will do it separately. Just on City, before we move too far away, because we've already sort of brought up the frustration around transfers or lack of it from a Liverpool perspective and, and that just won't go away. That's just going to be the topic conversation until the window closes and then for a considerable period afterwards if people don't get what they want. But in terms of City, there's a really weird one going on at the moment and it's directly linked to... The frankly bananas shenanigans going on at Barcelona. Um, I don't know what to make of it. I've tried to understand it. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me from a financial perspective. But I, I, there, there are, there are all sorts of, 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 of moves being made to free up cash. Um, we're being, we're being told all sorts of things about, they're investigating their own transfer for illegality around or a contract around Frankie de Jong. Is he going to be available for transferring? he not? But the City thing is the angle I wanted to go to because there's a distinct rumor that will not go away that Bernardo Silva, who for all he might be a very dislikable kind of an individual is a wonderful footballer and probably their most important midfielder in many ways. Uh, And he wants Barca, apparently, which, again, I can't explain that, but, you know, fair play to him if that's what he wants. That could have a real big knock-on effect. Now, I don't expect something like that to happen, Jan. Without them having a contingency plan. So if, if, um, people are thinking that potential Bernardo move is going to scupper their season, I think they might be a bit naive. I'm sure the lads will have something to unveil out of the box to replace uh, Bernardo. If that happens, maybe they'll just take that kid Gavi from Barca, who looks like a superstar. Um, but in terms of city's readiness and their squad, how does that look to you? And especially if they were to lose Bernardo Silva so like, There has to be something to it. It won't go away, that rumour.
2: Well, I was was surprised at at, at some of the sales they've done already. Uh, I was surprised that they they sold Raheem Sterling. I'll never be convinced that Raheem Sterling is a world-class footballer. But he's a very (laughs) effective footballer. Uh, And with him going and and Gabriel Jesus uh, going, that's 21 Premier League goals they took out of that team. I must say Haaland comes in and scored 25, isn't it? But it it, it doesn't take them any further away from Liverpool, in my opinion. So I was a bit surprised. And the boy at the back, the Dutch, boy, Nathan Ake, there was rumours of him being available for Chelsea if, if they would have paid him money and has gone to Arsenal. So I'm a little bit surprised, but maybe Pep Guardiola's just reached that stage with the group of players and gone, listen, if you want to stay where we are, we, we, need to make some changes. But I, I agree. Bernardo Silva is a wonderful player and I would be amazed, uh, because they don't have, they don't have that type of midfield that, that does what he does. You know, he's a, he's very much a carry of a ball, isn't he? He carries the ball on his own. He's a wonderful footballer, so I'd be surprised. But the rumour just keeps, it's there, isn't it? It makes you think. And sometimes it makes you think, isn't it, that if you as a player go to Pep Guardiola and go, I want to go, does he go, okay, I'm i am kind of finished with you? You know, if you don't want to be here, that means you're not with me. I'll let you go. I i, I really don't know. And just Pep still have, of course, Pep still has a soft spot for Barcelona. Would that be enough to allow Bernardo Silva into that circus? Because that is a circus, isn't it? And now FIFA and UEFA, somebody can't regulate that. But the Spanish that say, La Liga is just beyond beat What they get away with.
0: Now, a club you have um, very strong links to is Ajax, and of course, the manager of uh, the other Mancunian club uh, has that pedigree as well. Um, you wonder what's going on there. Uh, I mean, it's 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 sort of. Of, of fun for us of course it is the longer they can't get their shit together is 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 is, is just it's all a bonus but I, I am curious to see what you make of what's going on there because obviously the idea would have been that he'd come in that there would be some sort of new culture that there would be some sort of uh, style of play there would be some sort of maybe uh, I don't know possibly previously missing discipline whatever 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 the culture a new manager brings and then we saw all the shit with ronaldo um pulling his um billy big Bollock stuff and leaving the game at half time and we saw ten hag being quite dismissive of him uh he doesn't start the first game of the season um and they get the result they get i mean he, <laughs> It's a bit of a mess, Jan. I mean, I, I have a lot of friends who are Manchester United supporters. My old man is a Manchester United supporter. And, you know, far be it from me to feel any pity from a shower who uh, laughed at us for 20 years. But at the same time, I don't see what they're trying to do there. I can't see any plan. It looks like the same mess happening again under yet another manager. What's what's your take? Because obviously you'd be a bit closer to it.
2: Yeah, uh, and I was at the game on, on Sunday. And, and of course... You know, on the back of a season where they've done okay. Uh, you you've got to be careful. Uh, but 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 you do, have a, you do have a tendency where you're thinking, oh, I'm still looking at the same things. And when they start playing for real, I'm still going to be looking at the same issues uh, in, in that team. Wherever you start, you want to play Ten Hag football, Njieh is no good as a goalkeeper. He's a wonderful goalkeeper, but he can't play uh, Ten Hag football playing with his feet from the back. You have a right back who's nowhere near good enough. You have Luke Shaw who's now been there for a lot of years and might best have had a two good seasons. You cannot for a lot of money find centre halves. For the last five seasons, they bought in one big centre half per season and still they can't defend them. So you're looking at and I, I don't want to jump on the Adam Maguire thing. I think Adam is okay, but he can't play the way they want to play. So you need something else. And then you look into the midfield. The two season midfield players, McTominay and Fred, whether they're any good or not, they're no good together, but he played it together. As a solution, he plays Christian Eriksen, uh, as a, as a false number nine. Bruno Fernandes. Not the answer, but They got a problem with Bruno Fernandes because you cannot play Eriksen hard football with him the way that he plays while Western football puts the ball at risk at all times. Jaden Sancho, who looks like maybe the Bundesliga is his level, been very poor. And Marcus Rashford, whatever's happened to him, I have no idea, but I don't know. And I, what I don't know either, Trevor, is that it now appears the transfer that they've made has been the manager's uh, choices, hasn't it? Uh, the boy from Ajax and uh, and the other uh, judge boy from from uh, Final uh, that used to be a Barcelona and and now we're looking at them being linked with players that Ten Hag has had in the past, or he would recommend. So what is happening to the recruitment? You know, that the, the the recruitment team has been preparing for twelve months new manager. They knew there was a new manager coming in. Let's get ready for the new manager. I I just, I, and also, and some final thing, have is that, compare them to Chelsea. Lukaku, not working, out you go. Timo Werner, you've had two years, not good enough, out you go. They make sporting decisions that hurt them financially, but they make them because they know in the long run they'll benefit them. Manchester United don't make them decisions, do they? They hold on to everybody. They hold, they're holding on to Ronaldo. What for? Ronaldo Peter, why are you holding on to him? Get him out, move on but they're going to hold on to him. And come the 1st of September, he'll probably still be there. It's going to be a circus beyond, but they don't make those. If you don't want Harry Maguire, move him out. Even at the cost of 40, 50, 60 million, move him on. Jurgen Klopp, not so much, but he did it with Sacco, didn't he? Sacco is not for me. Out you go. Arsenal, Aubameyang, Mesut Ozil, Villian, uh, whatever, out you go. Isn't it? United don't make them decisions. They don't make them decisions. that hurt you, because they run this over-inflated, balance sheet, the Glazers, which allows them to take out dividends and allows them to take out massive loans in the club because there's over-inflated balance sheet of the value of the players. When, in honest, Trevor, you, you I mean, he, he, you wouldn't get too bad from any of them, <laughs> I can guarantee you
0: that. Something struck me there when you said it, and I want to ask because it, not Monday, which is Palace, but Monday week, we actually play United at Old Trafford, so what do you mean when you say Ten Hag football? Because a lot of people will have seen Ajax in the Champions League, and that will be their only exposure to uh, to it. What 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 does that what does that brand of football look like? What does what you know? We we knew when Klopp came to Liverpool what we were going to see at the start, at least. It's evolved, but what what were you expecting to see, or what do you expect to see if Ten Hag manages to stamp his his uh, personality on that side?
2: So I, I expect something like we'll go back all the way to the 70s and it was called total football that Ajax and the, 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 the Dutch national team uh, played where everybody's from on the ball. Everybody wants to play. And we saw a little bit from goal kicks when they played against Brighton. Uh, De Gea would take a short goal kick to Lisandro Martinez and then he would look up and you go, what the fuck do I do with it now? I can't give it to Harry Maguire. I can't give it to the right back. Down. And the two defensive midfield players don't want it either. The only one I can give it to really is Christian Eriksen, but he's hiding up there. 'cause he's playing as a false number nine. So that is how he wants to play. He wants to play. He wants a team to be able to evolve. He wants people to feel comfortable in a number of positions. Not for ninety minutes. But if you should end up in another position during the game, he shouldn't make any, any big problems. But it but it but it does. And that's another thing you mentioned before Trevor. Don't forget he's had a preseason. An and 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 I can't see what they've been doing in them six weeks, apart from maybe getting them fit. But I don't see any change in the way that they play. Uh, it's, 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 it was twofold for Tenard. Welcome to the Premier League. And by that, I mean, you start the season at home against Brighton, who will finish, I guess, between nine and 14. So it's a mid-table team. You play a mid-table team in Holland at home, you win three, four, five, no. So instantly, there's a difference in it. Played off the park in first half at home against that team. I spoke to Manchester United fans before the game and they go, we don't know what to expect, Jan, but we do expect to beat Brighton at home in our first game. And the second thing is, Welcome to Manchester United, where the players do what they want. Once you get rid of that culture, where the players do what they want to do, whatever, it's some it's some mountain you have got to get up. But if you can't get the players to do as you, the manager, want them to do, but they're still doing what they want to do, it it, it is horrific. I mean, to be a Manchester United fan right now, not to get out. I think some of them might deserve and <laughs> come to. Have
0: a boy, you never know, <laughs> well, you don't know, because a lot of uh, Manchester United supporters and verticals are just there for Ronaldo, so who knows what happens. We shall see, and we watch that very closely uh, over the next weeks. Now, before we finish the show out with a look at our next game, and we'll actually have a quick flick forward to that United game as well, and the rest of the games, whatever's left in August... Um, the reason why we started recording this evening on video was because we were originally going to have a guest on, uh, a gentleman called Troy Hawk. At least that's his character, a uh, comedian uh, who has made quite an impact uh, of late doing his various ap- appearances. And dropping your name liberally, Jan, Uh, and uh, I read an article last night uh, in the Belfast Telegraph with some quotes from yourself uh, expressing a little bit of bemusement uh, as to what was going on. But, you know, kind of along the lines of what we had been saying privately in our chat, that it was, you know, seems to be very well intentioned and all the rest of it. And then lo and behold, at the bottom of the article, there's a picture of the man himself holding up some merch. So what would Jan Mulvey do? (laughs) Merchandise. This is tremendous stuff. Talk to us a little bit about what's happening here and is it connected in any way with anything that might benefit anybody else? Because we will eventually have Troy on the show and we'll have a little chat between yourself and himself. Uh, That was scheduled for this evening, but his Edinburgh schedule kind of got in the way. But just so folks know what's going on because a lot of people are going to be seeing bits and pieces and be confused like what's going on what's your take on it so far and how do you feel about uh, this uh, taking of your name in vain so
2: so here's what I know Trevor uh, during the summer break uh, where I, I don't mix with a lot of people that I don't know you know during the season I meet an awful lot of people that I don't know but, but during the close season I spend a lot of time with my family and friends and we had a little bit of banter with this, this Troy Hall thing, uh, and everybody thought it was quite funny and whatever. But of course, then the next thing the season starts, and, and I forgot. i on the train going down Friday. There was an announcement on the channel, I can't remember, something about a full train or whatever. And then this fella just goes, I could see you've been looking at me. You kind of know what people recognise. This fella just looked at me and went, What would Game Over do? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Don't start that now. I can't. I can't put up with that, follow me around everywhere, you know. <laughs> so Friday, Friday wasn't so bad because the star at Sellers Park on a Friday night was the photographer from Arsenal. He did the team talk before he plays first. I don't know if you've seen the uh, All or Nothing uh, documentary on Arsenal, but mm. the, he was like the kind of big star. But then I get to uh, Craving Cosmos on a Saturday morning, and the first one is Clive Tillsley. And Clive goes, What, what, what? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> I said, honestly, Clive. I have no idea, you know what I mean? And then, just, and then the article that you read in the quotes were from a guy who interviewed me on Sunday at, at Old Trafford. And he said, do you mind? He said, I just found it. F- f- and I do in a little way because I've sort of disappeared of, of, of TV in the last 20 years here because I work in Denmark, isn't it? So a lot of people wouldn't see me. A lot of people might m- remember the name or whatever, but a lot of people won't know what I look like, isn't it? So kind of been, been, been shoved back into the... Uh, uh, to the limelight a, a little bit. And in terms of what he's doing, he's done a, I think he's done a birthday card and he's done a teacher. Um, it's for charity, basically. It's for the food banks, uh, in, in, in mainly in Anfield or in Mercy's, that isn't so, that in itself. So if I can encourage anyone to, if you don't know what to get somebody for, for a birthday card, buy one of those. What would Jan Mulder do? What Jan would do? I have absolutely no idea. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do believe he's, he's due to come on a show. He's doing some shows. He's invited me to one of the shows that, Unfortunately, I can't make, but I guess it's only a matter of time because there seem to be so many people on the case that are hell bent on getting me and Troy together. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I guess when I meet him, I, I might be able to. I, in fairness, Trevor, I probably have about 25 questions. You know what I mean? You know, you know, where does it all come from? What is your obsession? You know what I mean? And, and yeah. We'll, we'll find out one day, I think, for, for sure. But I, everybody tells me that that's the way I read it, isn't it? It's, 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 it's not done in any, uh, in any with any ill feelings for nothing is it it's it's just a little bit of fun isn't it he's i don't know whether he's just put the name out the out the sky or not but uh, it is what it is isn't it? but to be fair good luck to troy at edinburgh and i hope he joins us and uh we might be able to fill in all the subscribers and everybody that listens to that what what actually this is all about but in the meantime if anyone do looking for something or even a t-shirt what would you have we do then Support it's only going to a good cause. There's no money for me. I can guarantee it. And I don't think Troy's making anything out of it either. So it's just a pure uh, thing for, uh, for, for for charity, which is always a good cause.
0: Yeah. And that is uh, amongst the best of causes, that specific one you have to say. So, any good that comes of it is great. And if that is the case, I will get myself one of those t shirts and be wearing it on the next video that we do. Uh, I'm currently promoting my own podcast. You see that, Jan? Yeah, you got oh, you excellent. gotta love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta love you
2: that. Got, yeah, get it out there,
0: Trevor. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Uh, so we, sh- we, sh- we should start wrapping this up because I'm keeping an eye on the clock. I don't want to keep you any longer, uh, than we said we would. We should finish with a little bit of focus on the weekend and we have, um, the Anfield uh, clash against Crystal Palace four days time. Um, I'm wondering first of all, what you make of of that as a challenge. But before we talk about that, obviously they began their season uh, with a two nil uh, reversal at home to Arsenal. Uh, that's not good. The way they started in that match, uh, for the first day of the season, they had Guita and Golds, they had Anderson and Gay and uh, Mitchell and Klein either side of them, Dukouri and Schlupp, um normally in midfield, Ayu, Zaha and uh, AZ, and then ahead of them, Edward. Uh, when you look at the bench and what they can bring on, there's Joel Ward, there's Mia They've got uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta who came on, Will Hughes came on, Sam Johnston's there as well, um, Chris Richards, apart from that, uh, Reid Evald as well, another name I'd recognise. What do you make of this squad, Jan? I mean, look, there's no point in us talking about them um, in terms of having any uh, body of work there to assess. We can't. But in terms of the footballers there that have been mentioned uh, and the manager and what you think it is he's trying to do from what you've seen so far. Um, what, what do you make of Crystal Palace and what 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 Vier is trying to put together there?
2: I, I I quite strong. You know, I think they're quite possible of being in that group of clubs that finish in between eight, nine, and down to 14th. Uh, they have one glaring problem. You can't find a number nine. You can't find a striker to fit that system. Uh, they got two at the moment about Mateta and um, Essendouard uh, but doesn't seem right. Like, apart from that, they've got a lot of talented footballers. Uh I thought they would have a difficult start to the season because of the way that their pre-season was. you know, a lot of players didn't go with the main group of players when they went abroad for pre season. For whatever reason, I'm not sure. So they almost had two preseasons away from each other. So that, that doesn't help anyone. And that's how they started the game against Arsenal for twenty five minutes. They were shocking, luckily only to be one one-nil down. Uh but then they like Palace do, great atmosphere, sellers so and they fought their way back into the game. They have two really good chances. Probably should have at least took one of them. Okay. And then in the end, Live lays on Arsenal scored the second. Well, I thought for a long time it was a very even game. Very even game. And and on their day, they do have players, you mentioned essay and Tsar and, and, and whatever. Yeah, players that can hurt you. they they got some real talents.
0: It's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Because you find yourself wanting to say the thing that you said last week. And, and I suppose it's every bit as relevant. And that thing is you look at that team, you listen, you talk about them, you look at them on paper, you think, like, you think with almost every team, we should do the business here. Um, then you get a bit of a kick in the face like that, uh, performance, uh, on the opening day of the season. Does it shake your confidence, yet or do you find yourself just sort of shaking that one off and thinking, yeah, well, look, we have to stick with what we know. What we know is that this is very much, uh, a team that we have been able to rely on to get victories, and that that kick in the arse may well have motivated them to do exactly that against Palace.
2: I, I think there's there's other clubs you you could have played who who might have been might have got confidence from a great pre season and also from winning the first game of the season. But as I said before, they've had a trouble pre season and they didn't get the result that they required in the first game and. Obviously, the one glaring thing, again, is the lack of goals because of that number nine, isn't it? So I'm not overly concerned. I think it might be a little bit more workmanlike than what we would have expected. Uh, But I think that we sort of go back to basics and we start again. This is what we do. Trent, this is what you do. Virgil, make sure this is what you do. Midfield and whatever. Uh, And I think the longer the game goes, I think the stronger we'll get. So I'm still very, very confident uh, that we're going to be able to to, to take care of Crystal Palace at Anfield.
0: Now, with that said, what we usually do at this point of the show is uh, gauge your confidence there by getting some sort of prediction from you. Um, We we both went big last week. Uh, What do you reckon this week? What do you reckon this week?
2: Well, I still still think relatively big uh, because I just think the the longer that the game goes, you know, and and, and I think there's going to be a concentration in our game because we know we need to be back on our game. We we need to be able to send out the right signals in. So I still think we're going to run out three nil winners. This this Palace team is not a bad team, and I like to centre ours. Anders, the Dane, and Guy Ghi, and whatever—they're good players. Uh over ninety, probably ninety-five minutes, and from did you not have enough to keep us out of it?
0: I hope you're right and I feel that you are right and um, I look forward to the backlash that will probably inevitably occur on the back of that poor opening day performance and hopefully uh, we'll be having a lot of reasons to celebrate next week. We may or may not go video next week, Jan. Uh, It'll certainly have to be a lot less hassle in terms of the tech and the setup Um, and hopefully it will be, but we'll get that sorted out. So for another show where we've crammed a lot into 45 or 50 minutes there, thanks very much, man.
2: Yeah, no problems. Wonderful, Trevor. So it's good to be back. In it. it's amazing—just one game played for everybody, isn't it? What a difference it makes! The difference it makes to everybody's lives, is But as I said before, we, we've we've seen good things over there, So let's just keep the faith.
0: We will do exactly that. That was Jan Malby on Trevor Downey. This is Malby on the spot. We'll be back next week.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically.